Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. We're in this series called Songs of Christmas, and uh, today uh, we're going to be talking about what they talked about, what they sang in the in the special, and that's Silent Night. Silent Night, very famous, a very old Christmas song. We all know it, um, and it's an incredible song. And the song says, Silent Night, Holy Night, all is calm, all is bright. You know what I'm saying? We could make that into a Dr. Seuss book. Come on, somebody. And so the scripture says in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31, uh, but to those who wait on the Lord sh- shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It says, silent night, holy night, all is calm. I love it. He says, all is calm. It's almost like this waiting period. But before I get into that and talk about what Isaiah is talking about here, I love that the name of the song and the very first words of the song is silent night. It's almost like this. We know the end of the story. We know that it was a silent night, and we know that then Jesus came. And if you don't know what happens from the Old Testament to the New Testament, there was 400 years of silence. They actually call it the silence years. There's 400 years where there was no uh, prophetic words. There was no people talking about uh, the coming of Jesus, and there was no scripture written, at least not that we have, uh, during that time period. And so it was 400 years of silence. And it's interesting because we know the story. And so we're like, oh, yeah, how precious. Just a precious song. It was silent, silent night. But y'all know if there's a season where you feel like God is being silent in your life, you're not so calm. We're not so like, oh, how fun, how beautiful, how, how cozy. Let's write a song about it. That's not what happens. What happens oftentimes is when we're saying, when God is being silent, like, God, where are you? What are you doing? And we can oftentimes, we can walk through these seasons not knowing what to do or how to respond. And I will say this, we all walk through seasons or times where we feel like God is silent. You may be in that season right now. You may have walked through that season. You may be at a point walking, going to be walking through that season. But I do know this. I know that we all walk through silent seasons and what can happen is things like you're waiting on a, on a job. You're waiting on a promotion. You've been praying, God, I've been praying, I've been praying, God, where are you? What are you doing? And it seems like God is silent. Maybe you've been praying and believing for a loved one. You've been praying for years and years and God, why have you not changed them? Why have you not reached out to them? God, why, have they, why are they still uh, continuing to pursue the things of this world? And, and, and it seems like God is silent. Maybe it's you're in a relationship, you're waiting on a relationship. You've been praying for your, your boo-boo, you know what I'm saying? Your honey-honey, you know what I'm saying? And you've been praying for a honey with money, you know what I'm saying? Shame on y'all, shame on you. And God, where are, what, what's going on? God, I've been patient. God, I, I've, been, I've been asking, I've been praying, I've been pure. God, what are you doing? Where are you? And it seems like God could be being silent. God, what are you doing? What's happening? Or maybe it's in a situation uh, with, with your health and you've been praying for God to heal your body and restore strength to your body. And, and it seems like, God, what are you doing? Why are you being silent this season? We all walk through seasons and situations where we can feel like God is silent. For 400 years, you may have been praying for your Holy Ghost honey for two years. Yes, I said Holy Ghost honey. For 400 years, 
Most of us give up in two weeks. Most of us get frustrated and begin to complain or get negative after just a couple times we pray and we don't see an answer. And so I love this, this song, Silent Night. It starts with Silent Night and it, it goes into then, all was calm. What does that mean for us? What does that look like for us? I love it. Just like Isaiah says, it's this concept of, hey, those that wait on the Lord, when you're walking through a season of silence, what do we do? We should remember to always wait on the Lord. When it feels like God's not moving or we feel like God's being silent, oftentimes we'll be the ones that want to take control. And okay, God, I'll, I, I got it. I, I'll go find my own boo. You know what I'm saying? God, they may not serve God. They may not serve you that much. They may not go to church. Like they kind of go to church, but at least they're pretty. Come on, somebody. I'm, I, I guess it's just what I'm supposed to do. And we'll, instead of waiting on what God wants for us, we'll go ahead, we'll run out and we'll go make, we'll make decisions based on what we think we should do. Oh, well, God, you haven't given me the promotion here. So I'm just gonna go take that job in a different city. Well, hold on a second, hold on a second. God may be wanting you to wait on him, but because you're so caught up in desiring to get something or receive something, you can miss what God is trying to do. When we feel like God is being silent, we should be people that first to remember to wait. Wait on him. Why? Because we know that he is a good God. And I love the scripture says, those that wait on the Lord, he renews their strength. There is a process of strengthening that happens in us when we wait on him. It's interesting, people all throughout our culture and society, we miss the strengthening because we don't like waiting. And so we'll miss what God is trying to do to strengthen us and encourage us and build us up because we're so ready to just step out and go do whatever it is that we think we want or want to do or whatever. And so I would encourage you when you're walking through a season where you're waiting on the Lord, you're you're trusting God. Okay, God, God, what are you doing? Okay, I'm going to be patient and wait and trust because I know that God, you are good and God, you're doing something in me, strengthening me in a way that if I received it, I could never be strengthened. Does that make sense? It's so important that we understand this when, when times are seasoned and get, get, get um, in seasons of silence, when things get a little worked up and we're, we're kind of confused. It's interesting because we feel like God is silent, but then we're not silent. We start to complain about it. We start to grumble about the job. We start to grumble about being single. We start to grumble about the amount of money we're making. We start to grumble about the way that we're being treated. We start to grumble that the the house is... We're in a a season of waiting right now as a church. I'll just be real with you. Let's be real. Let's talk. We're in a season of waiting on on this church. We we are praying. I have been praying. I have been praying. I have been praying. God, you know I've been praying. We've been praying for a new facility. You may not see it right now, but there is water dripping from the ceiling as I preach. My man Buck sees it because he's the one getting wet right now. (laughs) We've been praying and we're waiting. Well, here's what happens. If I'm not careful and I've done it, I'm just being real. I start to complain. Well, God, look at the roof. You may be saying, God, I've been single for that, 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 whatever it is. And we can start to complain. Well, here's the problem about complaining. You forget the blessing of what he's already given you. 
We were portable as a church. Many of you don't know this. Portable means we would literally be, all of our stuff was in a trailer. We would get up at 4 a.m. We would unload the trailer. We would set up at a high school and then we would have church and then we would tear down as a, and our stuff, put it all back in a trailer and we'd be done by one or two o'clock in the afternoon. Do you know, true story, that we would, we would have, we would be out doing stuff longer doing one service portable than we are when we're doing three services here in this building. But here's what happens. We get caught up in, oh, well, we, this is what we want, this is what we want, and we can cause us to begin to complain. Well, here's the problem about complaining. It's causing us to forget what God has already done in our lives. We should be being grateful for where we are. Be grateful for being single. Be, be grateful for having the job that you have. Instead of, instead of getting caught up and complaining about the promotion, be, be grateful for the job that God blessed you with. Because guess what? There are people making a lot less than us. It's so important that we understand this because we get into this season and we think, well, God's silent, so it's my, my turn to talk. You know what I'm saying? My turn. Now, it doesn't mean hear me. It doesn't mean that you can't cast your cares onto the Lord. Let me tell you something. I'm going to go home today. I'm going to talk to the Lord about this roof. I'm like, Lord, you saw it. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be praying. So I, here's the thing. I'm not saying you can't cast your cares on the Lord. That's what I'm saying. But I'm saying is I'm not going to go to Buck after service and be like, man, Buck, you had a terrible seat, huh? Actually, I probably will. My bad. No, but I'm not going to start complaining. Why? Because in the end, all that does is that causes us to get to the place of where we're ungrateful and we miss the heart that God is wanting us to have that no matter what the season is, God, we're trusting you because we know that where we are is where you want us and we know we're waiting on you and what's ahead of us is going to be better than what we have if we continue to trust you as far as us as in our own lives. Does that make sense? Just a little practical uh, application of what's happening in my life as we preach, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to practice what I preach. Praise God. The song says, round young virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild. Holy infant, so tender and mild. If we're in a season where we're waiting on the Lord and saying, God, where are you? What are you doing? And we're just trusting him. You got to remember to wait on him. But then two, you got to remember who he is. You got to remember who God is. The song says, and the song, the scripture says in Isaiah chapter nine, for to us, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. I love it. We have to remember in our seasons of where we're saying, okay, God, I, I don't know what you're doing. Okay, God, we're waiting on you. We're trying our best. We have to remember who he is and that he's good. I love it. It says, "For us, unto us a child will be born. He will be named Wonderful Counselor. God is a wonderful counselor. In Isaiah 48, 17, it says this. This is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is good for you and leads you along the paths you should follow. He is a wonderful counselor, and he teaches us, he counsels us what is good for us. Do you know that God will never give us bad counsel? He'll never give us wrong counsel. You ever been with a friend and got some bad counsel? I'll ask you this. 
You ever been with a friend, had bad counsel, listened to the bad counsel, and it turned out good? Uh, no. You had, you had a friend, gave you bad counsel, you, li- you listened to the counsel. Let me tell you something. It ended real bad, y'all know. I'll never forget in college, uh, I was, I think I was 19 years old. And I, I got my, and I was thinking I might've been 20, 20 years old, whatever. I was at a young age. I got my very first motorcycle, okay? If y'all don't know, yes, I, I'm a motorcycle guy. I love motorcycles. I believe we're gonna have motorcycles in heaven. Come on, somebody. Wings like eagles and bikes to ride. You know what I'm saying? That's not in the Bible, okay? <laughs> right? Like, this guy's not teaching. Okay, it doesn't matter. Got my first bike. I was like, you know what? I want it to be safe. I was like, man, you know what? I gotta get, I gotta get lessons. Tell one of my friends. I got, he, he had a bike. I gotta get lessons. I want to make sure that I can get taught right. Like, I want to be safe. I want to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm doing the right things. And my friend says, listen, dude, I've been riding bikes for five years. He says you don't need to go to those lessons. Everything that they teach you, I can teach you. To me, sounded smart. I said sure. Let's, you can teach me. He said, we're going to go to this parking lot, went to this really large parking lot, true story. And it was a really old building and the, the parking lot was really dirty and dusty. And we go behind the building and we're just kind of learning how to start it, learning how if you have a ride motorcycles, the clutch and the gears. And all. He's teaching me all this stuff. So we get all that down. He says, okay, here's what we're going to do. He says, I'm going to go way down. I'm going to go, you know, 100 yards, 200 yards, 400 yards, however far it was. I'm going to go way down there. He says, what I'm going to do is, he says, I'm going to tell you to go. He says, when I say go, just gun it. So that sounds fun. He says, just gun it. He says, when you gun it, he says, then when I wave my hand down, he said, I want you to just slam on the brakes. We're going to practice like it's you're getting into like a real life experience. You're going to have to learn how to really hit the brakes. I said, sounds smart. Like I definitely want to learn how to hit the brakes. So he says, go, I gun it. Like, you know, I'm just ready to, I'm ready to roll. You know what I'm saying? I hit the gears and literally he, then he, he gives me like the, gives me the wave down. He gives me the wave down. As soon as he gives me the wave down, I say, I got to hit the brakes hard. I hit the brakes hard. Well, next thing you know, the bike was sliding. Okay. And when I say the bike was sliding, it wasn't sliding on its wheels. And I'll say this, the problem about a bike motorcycle sliding on the, 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 on the ground is you are attached to the motorcycle. So here I am sliding probably 40 yards on the concrete of this old dirty parking lot. Didn't feel so good to say the least. Thank God I did, there was no major injuries, had a lot of road rash and all that stuff. But I'll say this. I'm telling you that story because here's what happens. Oftentimes, that's how we look spiritually. What we do is we're in our mess of, you know what? I've been waiting on this, this husband or this wife or I've been waiting on this promotion. And so what we do is we go find somebody that's single and we start having these conversations of, of talking to another single person or we talk to this person that's waiting on a job position or we talk to somebody that's frustrated about their job because we're frustrated our job. And here's what happens. Now, we're getting advice from someone that's dealing with the same things we are. Well, the problem about that is people can only give you so much advice that are walking through the same things as us. And so what happens is they end up giving us bad advice. So then we just think, well, yeah, that must be what it is. I must, I'm supposed to do that. And so then we step out based on the counsel of what someone else has given us, and it's the wrong advice. The incredible thing about the God that we serve is we serve a God who never gives wrong advice. We just have to be willing to seek him for that advice and wait on him for that advice. He's a God that gives good counsel. He's a God that literally will always give us good counsel. And it's interesting, if we go a little bit deeper talking about counsel, uh, 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 our counsel, I would say this, that our lives, your life, my life right now 
is a product of the counsel that you have received in your life and you've listened to. Your life right now, the way that you are walking through things in your life, the struggles that you're walking through, the joys that you're walking through, it's all based on, it's a product of the counsel that you have received and the counsel that you have listened to. It could have been counsel from God. It could have been counsel from a friend. It could have been counsel from the enemy. It could have been your own counsel. Because y'all know our feelings, they be trying to counsel us. And y'all know your feelings counsel you in the wrong directions. One person agrees. <laughs> but we are a product of the counsel that we have heard and we received. Well, here's the thing. Here's the question that we must ask ourselves. Are we really seeking the counsel of God? Because if we are, then we're gonna find life and life more abundantly. Why? Because we just read, he teaches us and leads us to life, to a path, to goodness. This is what he does. Why? Because he is a good counselor. We're in those seasons of waiting. Remember this. Remember that he is a good counselor. Then it says he's mighty God. I love this. He's not just a good counselor. He's a mighty God, meaning he doesn't just give us good advice, but he also has the power to take care of us in those situations. He destroys the plans and schemes of the enemy over our lives so that we can continue to walk and live the way that he's called us to live. Mighty God. Then it says everlasting father. Wait a second. Everlasting Father, like Jesus is the Son. So what do you mean, like if Everlasting Father, how is Jesus the Everlasting Father, but then yet he's the Son? Well, let me not, I don't wanna mess up your theological thoughts. Yes, Jesus is the Son, but in the text of the biblical context of what Isaiah was saying, when he says Everlasting Father, he wasn't meaning Father God. What he was meaning is almost like the Father of Everlasting, or another word that we would use, Father of Eternity meaning this, he is the one, the door that gives us the opportunity to everlasting life. Does that make sense? We have to remember this. We have to remember this because this is so important in your seasons of, of where you feel like God is silent. You have to remember Jesus came and he's given us the privilege of everlasting life. John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave it his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. He gives us the privilege of everlasting life. And here's the incredible thing that we must remember during our seasons of waiting on God. If Jesus chose to never do anything else for us, he's already done enough. If he chooses to never give me the promotion, he's already done enough. If he chooses, I'm gonna really step on some toes. If he chooses to never give me a spouse, that's you in your life. He chooses to never give you a spouse. He's already done enough. Why? Because he has given us the privilege of everlasting life. Now, am I saying that God doesn't want you to be married? That's not what I'm saying. Here's what I know. This is what I'm saying. I'm saying that we serve a God, that he is so good that he does still choose to bless us, but he doesn't have to. He's already done enough. If it was me, I'd be like, y'all good. You good, you done, I've done enough. I'm gonna go, go take a break for a little while. You know what I'm saying? I've done enough, but that's not who God is. He loves us so much that he cares for us, but we have to remember this because we can have this concept of thinking because I'm a Christian, God, you owe me something. Because I'm a Christian, because I've been serving you, because I've been pure, because I've been honoring in my workplace, because I've worked so hard. God, I deserve this. 
I'm owed this because of what I've done. No, we are not owed anything. In fact, what we are owed, thank God, we ain't getting. Come on, I'm preaching right now. Man, this is good. But we can have this thought process. Y'all hear me. Y'all know you're in the workplace. You'd be working for a while. You'd be grinding. Next thing you know, so-and-so, old Jimmy, who ain't been there so long, old Susan, they get the promotion. You're like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> now you want to go talk to all the little people in the offices. Can you believe Jimmy got the promotion? You know, Jimmy. And your, and your co-worker's like, I know, I know. <laughs> I didn't do that in the first service. That one just came to me. <laughs> you got a freebie. <laughs> I'm making myself laugh. Stop. But y'all know how it is. We can almost feel like it's crazy. We can almost feel like God owes us something. The God of the universe who chose to die for us owes us something. He's given us the privilege of everlasting life. And this is what we have to remember when we're walking through seasons of silence, when we're waiting on the Lord. Okay, God, I don't want to get ahead of you and I definitely don't want to get to the point of where I feel like I deserve this or I've earned this or I, I need this. Or what, God, I'm going to trust you because I know that you are good. And God, if you've never do anything else for me, God, you've done enough for me. Everlasting Father. Scripture says, Ephesians chapter two and verse 14, for he himself is our peace. It says he's the Prince of Peace. He's the four things, the wonderful counselor, the everlasting father, the, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace. He is our peace. Y'all know when we get into our seasons of waiting, we be losing some peace. We start to get worked up. We start to get anxious. We start to ask questions of reasons of what, and we're trying to figure out the God of the universe and why he's doing it. And it just causes us to lose our peace. He is the Prince of Peace. I love this that the God that we serve, we are, have the ability and we have the opportunity and the privilege to receive pre peace in relationship with him. Why? Because he is peace. He is the prince of it. The scripture, I'm not so, sorry, the song says, silent night, holy night, son of God, loves pure light, radiant beams from the, thy holy face with the dawn of redeeming grace. Jesus, Lord, of the, at thy birth, Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. I love it, radiant beams, from thy holy face with the dawn of redeeming grace. When we're in our seasons of where we may feel like God is silent, we have to remember who God is. We have to remember to wait, but also we have to remember that God is at work. 400 years of silence, but yet I love the song. It says, with the, with the dawn of redeeming grace. 400 years. In fact, a lot more years than that, that, we, that our, our, our society, our, 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 our human race was waiting for grace. And at the dawn, this morning or this evening when Jesus came, it was the beginning of us receiving that grace. And I love it because we can think, oh, well, you know what? I got so much going on. I'm, I'm trusting the Lord and I don't know what else to do. So you know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go out and I'm gonna do it myself. I'll step out, I'll do the work. But in, in fact, as we wait, we have to understand and know God is at work. 
Two different ways God's at work. He's at work in us and he's at work for us. He's at work in us and he's at work for us. Here's the problem. Oftentimes we think that when we're waiting on God, God is working for us. And that's true. But in fact, I think he starts with wanting to work in us. He wants to work in us, meaning this, that there may be a season in your life that you're praying for, but he knows that you and your life and your responsibility and the weight that you carry, you are not ready for. And so he tries to get us to wait he, because he wants us to work in, he wants to work in us and our hearts and our ability to develop us with patience, with kindness, with goodness, whatever it may be, because he knows the weight that we'll carry in the future, we will not be able to carry as we are today. But we can sometimes, hear me, we can sometimes miss what God is trying to do. And so we're actually thinking that we're waiting on God, but he's actually waiting on us. To say, okay, God, you, you, you wanna work that anger out of me. Okay, God, let's, let, let's start navigating that. Let me, God, Holy Spirit, help me. Okay, God, you wanna work that lust out of me. Okay, God, you wanna work the gossip. Okay, God, you wanna work the negative. God, you wanna do something in me. I haven't maybe seen what I'm wanting to see yet because God, I know in the future, you're gonna bless me, but you're trying to prepare me, but I'm missing it because all I'm concerned about is you working for me and not in me. Does that make sense? We all know the song Waymaker. We all know the song Waymaker. Everybody knows this song. If you've been to church for more than two weeks, you've heard the song Waymaker. And the, the bridge of the song, everybody knows this song. Even when I don't feel it, even when I don't see it, you never stop, you never stop, you never stop, you never stop. Even when I don't feel it, even when I don't see it, you never stop, you never stop, you never stop. Then the band comes in, they're like, even when I don't feel, and you're like, yeah, even when, <laughs> and you get all hyped, and you're feeling all good, like, yeah, even when, he, yeah, he, he's working, yeah, and we, then we leave, we feel good, we leave, we, yeah, he's working, and then we go home, we sit on the couch. <laughs> we forget real quick that God's working. And what we can do is we can begin to continue to complain about where we are, what's happening. And, and next thing you know, God is wanting to work in us, but yet we're so concerned about him working for us, we miss that he is at work always. But it could be that he's trying to work in us and we are the ones holding him back. Could it be that you are the one, and I'm not trying to be mean, but I just want you to think reality. I want, you to, I want to change your perspective. Could it be that maybe you are the one holding God back from the promise that he wants for you? I'm not making fun of you. You're, now you may say, if you're single, you're like, are you saying that I'm single because of me? I didn't do that in the first service either. <laughs> but maybe, I'm just, I'm just challenging you. Are you saying I didn't get the promotion because of me? I'm not saying it's always the case. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is it should be always the case. The response is, while we're waiting, God, what are you doing in me? 
Not God, why aren't you doing for me? God, what are you trying to do in me? Because God, I wanna be prepared for life and life more abundantly that you have for me because I know that's where you lead me. So God, I want to take care of the things in my life that you're trying to take care of. Man, this is so much better than the first service. Man, this is the one going online. Online, we love you. Thanks for choosing to worship with us this morning. God bless you. Bless the Lord. I've been to too many Christmas parties this week. You know what I'm saying? I'm a little out of it. But I'm being, I'm being real. Let's be serious. Like, for real. Like, could it be that we do serve a God that is good? Could it be that we do serve a God that loves us? Could, we, could it really be that we serve a God who actually wants the best for us? If that's the case, then I'm okay with his saying, God, what are you trying to do in me? Because I know you're good. Because I know you have the best plan for me. And in my own strength and in my own heart, I know I'm not going to have the best plan. I'm not going to lead to life and life more abundantly. And so, God, I want you to work in me. And then he also works for us, definitely. And when we say God works for us, we never want to get caught up in the thought process of we thinking that God um, works for us as far as like an employee. God is not our servant. God is Lord. So when we say that God working for us, it's not like we're saying, okay, God, well, this is God, uh, I, God, bring me my spouse. God, give me the promotion. Thank you, God, for giving me the promotion. Okay, I thanked him for it. He's gonna go and do it. Well, no, that's the relationship of an employee. I've told you to do something and now you do it. That, that's, that's not who God is. God is, not, God is not our employee. So we can't have the mindset of that as well because there's what we do. Then we get frustrated that we don't see the answer in which we've, what we've prayed for or we've asked God, more like told God what we want or desire. That's not how God works. God is a good God that desires for us to go to him and say, God, I trust you with my life. And so I'm gonna allow you to work in me. And as you're working, in me, God, I know you're working for me in the future and I'm gonna trust, trust you what the future looks like. Does that make sense? Because he leads us, I love it. The scripture said, we read it a moment ago, he leads us down the path. He doesn't just bless us with the path that we ask for. No, he leads us, why? Because he knows that's the path that will lead you and only you and me and only me down the path to life, life, life and life more abundantly. The path that God has created in your life is the only path that will lead you to life and life more abundantly. And the path, that path looks different than the path you're seeing to someone maybe in a different part of the room or, or my path. All of our paths are different. That's the incredible thing about the God that we serve. But if we're not willing to trust him with that, if we're not willing to allow him to work in us, then what happens is we either get stuck on the path or we end up going down our own path. Does that make sense? I love it. The song says, I love it. We just read the song. Talk about, and we're talking about he, he's at work. And I'll say this, I'm gonna close. I'll say this. When God is at work and he's trying to, and we are waiting, we have to be careful that we don't get caught up in, in beginning to worry. It's interesting because Jesus legitimately spent part of the scripture that we read 
talking about how we are not to be people that worry. I'll read it to you in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25. It says, therefore, and there's more going on in 28, 29, 30. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life or what you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more than food or the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your husbandly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Jesus is talking to us and saying, hey, don't worry. Don't get caught up. Why? Because you trust in who God is, and you trust that God is at work in you and for you. So don't worry. In fact, he says, worrying, can it add an hour to our lives? I'd go a step further. In fact, scientifically, it shows that worry actually takes hours off of our lives. And y'all know, for some reason, we be a culture that worries. Ooh, we, we can find some crazy things to worry about. We can find things to worry about that ain't even real. Like, no joke, we can be sitting in the car driving and you're worried about six years from now, what's gonna happen with when you go to this decision and you, like, and you're like, it's six years down the road. Like, what in the world is going on? You're worried about your kid and you ain't even got a kid yet. You're worried about how you're gonna pay for, for, for your, your wedding and you ain't even got a boo. I'm, I'm being, obviously I'm being funny, but seriously, y'all know we can get caught up in worrying about the most ridiculous things. And here's the problem about worry. One, it takes the perspective off of God and onto the situation. And then two, it steals your moment wherever, whenever that moment is. It steals your moment. It could steal your joy for the day. It could steal your joy for the week, whatever it is. And that's why Jesus says, listen, let, let tomorrow worry about itself. Don't get caught up in, in worrying because in the end, he says it, is look at the birds. I, I, Y'all really think like the birds fly around worrying? Like think about this. You think the birds, this is just me being ridiculous, but can you think a bird is flying around thinking about, man, I wonder where I'm gonna eat six weeks from now. Do you think the birds flying around wondering how they're going to get the new outfit that's the nicest one that you've been wanting for? How, and you, and you, uh, how am I going to how am I going to buy it without financing it? Do you think the bird is worried about how their neighbor, what car their neighbor is driving, whether their car looks nicer than the other, whether their car is faster or slower? Do you think the, do you, uh, I'm, I'm being Ridiculous, but honestly, think about it. That's why Jesus compares us to them. And I love, he, I love that he compares us to birds because they're like birds. Like, you don't like usually like see, like as you're driving the car, you look up and you see the birds, you're like, wow, that's, man, that's beautiful. And those birds are, man, that is incredible. Like you may like the way that they fly, but you're not like attracted by how beautiful the bird, you're just letting the bird fly. That's what the birds do. But yet we get caught up in so many ridiculously thing, so many ridiculous things on this planet that can cause us to worry. And then we feel like we got to spend more. And then we're worried about how much we spent. And then we're worried about how much we make. And then we're worried about having to make more. And then we're worried about how to take care of so-and-so. And then we have to worry about this present. Well, that person got me a present for Christmas. And I don't even know that person, but because they gave me a present, I got to buy them a present because I don't want them to think that I don't like them because then they're going to think they don't like me. And I don't like them. And And we can worry so much so that it can steal the joy in which Jesus wants us to just walk with him today. 
So live your life. I love this song because it ends with the concept that says that with the angels, let us sing hallelujah to our king. Instead of worrying, flip your worry and turn it into worship. Let your life and our lives be a living life of worship, meaning not just song. Yes, of course, song, but our lives are this. God, in everything that I do, I just wanna honor you. In the way that I love my spouse, I wanna honor you. And the way that I love my kids, I wanna honor you, God. And the way that I treat my employees, God, I wanna honor you. God, in the way that I treat my friends, God, I wanna honor you. God, through the words that come out of my mouth, God, I wanna honor you. God, in everything that I do, I don't wanna just be a song on a Sunday that honors you. I want my life to be worshiped to you. And then when we do this, when we get caught up in these seasons where we feel like God is not working like we want or we feel like he may be silent and we're waiting, if we have this mindset of, okay, God, doesn't matter what's happening around me. I just wanna worship you. Then the waiting becomes a lot easier. When we don't get caught up in the worrying of what if and when and where and how and why and God, you know the pool of single people in this city and God, you've been seeing the pool and God, you see me and you know I'm way better than the pool, God. And so God, are you gonna bring in a new fish? Come on, somebody. God, bring them and make sure they got some money with them. You know what I'm saying? And we can get so caught up in all the worries of blah, 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 blah. And here's what happens. It can steal what Jesus is trying to do. And that's to get us to a place where we just say, it's yours. My life and everything in it, it's yours. So you may be in a season, hear me, I'm closing. Maybe in a season where you feel like God is being silent and that's okay. You may be in a season where you're waiting and you've been waiting, can I just encourage you, don't give up. He is a good God. And I promise, hear me, he cares for you. Hear me, I promise he cares for you. He cares about you. And he is a mighty God. He has the ability to continue to care for you. All we have to do, God, I'm gonna trust you with my life. I'm not gonna worry, not gonna complain, not gonna get caught up in all the other things. God, all I'm gonna do is I'm gonna worship you with my life. Where I am, why? Because I know the path that you have for me leads to life and life more abundantly with you. And it leads to everlasting life because of what Jesus chose to do. And that was to come as a human, die on a cross, rise again so that we could have relationship with him. If you're in a season where you feel like God is silent, Just know he's working. Hold on real tight and just continue to trust. I'll go a step further. And again, I just, I'm just trying to let the Holy Spirit for a second lead. I'll go a step further. You're not doing anything wrong. There are some people in the room and online, you're not doing anything wrong. 
You just gotta continue to trust and allow God to do what only he can do in your life. Trust him. Go a step further than trusting him. Rest in him and know that he has an incredible plan that you just can't see yet. Let your life be a life of worship as you wait. Amen. Can we pray today? Father, I thank you so much.